For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Big giveaway this week in association with Celtic Interiors, a deluxe hamper every day. Sweets and chocolates and wine, Celtic Interior aprons, bespoke handmade coasters and chopping boards. The Christmas table will look gorgeous this Christmas time, courtesy of ourselves and Celtic Interiors. And on Friday... 2,000 euro to spend in Celtic interiors. Could you imagine uh, what you would do in the home for that? So I'll be telling you lots more about that across the morning. We're going to play uh, 30 seconds, um, a different form of 30 seconds, not the trivia game, but uh, 30 seconds on a topic of my choosing. Uh, and I might do 20 seconds, not 100%, we'll see. But it'll be um, at least 20, perhaps 30 seconds on a topic of my choosing without um, repetition deviation, ums, as, or anything like that. Whoever does it best every day wins the daily prize. Do you know one thing they're very good at uh, here on Leaside, and we really have it all pretty much down to a fine art, uh, parking fines. Uh, and in the first 10 months of this year, 42,000 parking fines were issued by Cork City Council and traffic wardens. I'm not for a moment suggesting they shouldn't have been. People were probably bold and deserved the fines, but I think it's an incredible amount of them. 42,000 of them. I'd much prefer to see 42,000 litter fines to be honest as opposed to the 516 litter fines that were given out for the same period how can that be I I know it's like shooting fish in a barrel when it comes to parking fines and much more difficult to try and police um, you know litter and what have you but 42,000 parking fines 516 litter fines must do better. Actually, I did read an article at the weekend and they are doing this in in France where they have introduced an SUV tax on visitors coming to the French capital. And now the word's gone out that this might well catch on in Ireland as well because they're bigger and they're worse when it comes to polluting the environment and they take up way too much space on our streets and our pavements and there should be a specific, your thoughts on that are welcome, a specific tax for people who drive big SUVs and 4B4s and uh, Jeeps and the stuff like that. So text 0868104106 if you agree or disagree. Um, you can't pay taxation. There's always another great idea just coming up germinating in someone's mind and they impose it upon us. But Ben Dunn dominated the newspapers of the weekend and again this morning. The go-to coverage from it is John Cairns. John Jumbo Cairns is in many of the papers this morning. I will talk to him a little later on. Dunn had been given a clean bill of health by all accounts and he dropped dead of a heart attack, a fatal uh, heart attack. Uh, And the papers talk of it in quite some detail. His son Mark came out and said lovely things about his dad Uh, at the weekend. The 72-year-old was sitting by a hotel swimming pool on the popular Jumarai Beach Resort when he suffered a massive heart attack on Saturday and died. Um, And a larger-than-life character and just an all-round sound guy, I'm told. Never met him. But those that did, yeah, he, he wasn't without issues in his life. But come here, tell me who of us weren't. Um, so Ben Don on holiday in Dubai um, and uh, he, he passed away. He had a lot of different aspects to his life, of course, taking over the Dunn's empire. And then a couple of different incidents in his life um, made that come a cropper. And there was issues within the Dunn family. And uh, his sister then took over and he went on then to become uh, a very successful entrepreneur in the health and fitness world. But um, there are a lot of newspaper stories and different angles to it. Like the Independent this morning talks about the IRA kidnapping in 1981. Uh, he was going to visit one of the drone stores companies in Armagh. He was kidnapped by the IRA. He was held for seven days. There was a one million pound ransom held at the time. There was the Florida issue, arrested with cocaine uh, on a golfing trip in, in Florida. He owned up to it, came out. Some would run. He didn't. He faced the music. And then, of course, there was the money that he was uh, giving to 
politicians. You might remember, if you're old enough to remember, um, Charlie Hawhey at one stage saying to him, thanks a million, big fella. Do you remember that? That should be a hairy baby T-shirt. Thanks a million, big fella. That led to two tribunals, as well as large sums of money, not just to... Um, you know, uh, at the time, Charlie Hawhey, but if I remember correctly, the Fine Gael Minister, Michael Lowry as well. Um, and there was one, uh, one of the cheques was for uh, £210,000, um, which he gave to Hawhey, and that led to Hawhey responding when he got the cheque, thanks a million, big fella. But never all that far from the front pages, but apparently a very nice, very kind, very obliging uh, person and a very good friend to have as well. Uh, so more, more on that, and of course, a serious car connection because he was born on Leaside. Uh, if you haven't paid your licence fee, um, it might be time to start re-looking at that because revenue are going to take it over. They're going to be collecting the television fee. And you know one thing, they will get them because they're like the Canadian Mounties. Uh, they always get their man. So direct funding uh, or a broadcast charge is too risky. Uh, so they're just going to give it over. Um, of course, they'll, they'll continue to have uh, lots and lots of supplementary income coming from bailouts from the state, as RTE always have had, because they just can't do it themselves. They'll also have advertising. They will also have sponsorship and all sorts of stuff like that. And the revenue collected by the, uh, the license fee collected by the revenue. So um, they must be rubbing their hands with glee on that one. Um, actually, there's a lot of stories this morning morning with regards to uh, um, the amount of refugees and asylum seekers coming into the country, particularly the Irish Times front page. They talk of the influence of the far right on social media um, is increasing. I don't know whether, I mean, the Irish Times on that one would be saying that this, of course, is a bad thing. Um, And it certainly is a bad thing if anybody is spreading false information. I get that. And they're also suggesting in the Times that refugees and asylum seekers are a regular target for disinformation campaigns. And that's all very well. I'm quite sure that there was quite an amount of disinformation, but not all of it. And to some extent, those that have been labelled far right, um, some should never have been labelled far right in the first place. Because surely be to God, you would call the Taoiseach that then, wouldn't you? Because even Leo Varadkar, who really has rolled up his sleeves, I've said this in the past, but I think in the last few months, he certainly seems to have rolled up his sleeves on, on different topics, whether it's uh, Ukrainian refugees coming into Ireland and the amount of them, or issues involving Putin and Ukraine itself, or indeed, we see more to the point now, uh, Israel and, um, and, the, and the awful atrocities and and war and deaths, particularly of young children um, in, in Gaza. But he did say at the weekend that we do need to slow the flow of Ukrainian refugees and we need to reform our offers for those that are coming here to be just like the rest of Europe because we're completely gone off on a solo run. He said that um, the offering that we're giving to incoming Ukrainian and other refugees will have to change. He says it's not feasible to continue to take in people without any limits. Uh, when he's, He says, when it comes to irregular migration, you know, that's uh, people who are coming in who aren't coming from Ukraine or, you know, coming from war. He says, we have to be honest about it um, and make sure that what we're offering is the same as other European countries. Even countries with f- hard right governments haven't stopped irregular immigration. But we do need to... Um, control our airports better. He said at the weekend in the Examiner that uh, I got off a flight from Helsinki two weeks ago and it was great to see people not getting the opportunity to destroy documents. Uh, I think this is very positive from the point of view of he's, he's actually taken the pulse of the nation really on this one. He says there's a lot of people who may have left their home country maybe even a number of years ago. They actually spend time, could be months, could be years, in the UK or France and then they come here. 
He says, we should not be encouraging them, he says. The rate of increase, just by the way, the rate of increase of Ukrainians arriving into Ireland over the past year is 10 times higher than the average increase um, of those fleeing, fleeing to other European countries. 10 times. It's been a 72% increase in the number of Ukrainians seeking international protection in Ireland, while the rest of Europe hasn't seen a, you can move the decimal point, here it's 72% increase, other European countries 7.2% increase. Um, in fact, they've dropped in many countries while they're increasing in Ireland, and that can only be down to one thing, and that, of course, is what the packages that are on offer uh, to refugees coming into Ireland. Your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. The case I've been covering for many a long month now, uh, since back in September of last year, it was the case of the 35-year-old man from North Cork who endangered the lives of his wife and six children. He drove at ridiculous speed down the motorway. He rammed six Garda cars. He injured four Garda who were trying to stop him at the time. Uh, he can't be named because the identity of his wife and children have to be uh, protected. But uh, there was a guilty plea on 13 offences because of that. And he got three years jail uh, on Friday. I was off the air by the time that happened, but uh, the examiner court reports cover it. So that's the final update on that one. But talking about driving, there's a bizarre story before the courts there at the back end of last week where there was this Polish man bought in inverted commas, bought a 25,500 euro BMW from Kiri's on the strength of a 4,000 euro deposit. So the deal was 4,000 euro deposit, sign up to pay the rest at 430 euro monthly instalments. The only problem was uh, he drove off in the car and he took it to Poland, uh, Pavel Orlowski. Uh, there was serious deception there because although he had agreed to buy it for 25 grand, to transfer forty four grand as a deposit and pay the rest in four hundred and thirty euro monthly instalments, he actually only transferred four euro, not four thousand, and he never paid any of the monthly instalments. And off he went. The car was damaged in a crash. He drove it home to Poland. He did bring it back. So um, Kiri's were out four grand for that, but he did bring it back. Um, and uh, he got a suspended one year sentence for all of that. A suspended one year sentence. Apparently. The defence, amongst other things, said that the defendant's mother was murdered in Poland in January 22 and that life had been very difficult for the young man. Uh, So there you have it. Uh, The things that people get up to, you really have to be watching every single thing now, don't you, Um, with regards to people involved in business. I mean, I don't know how you would miss the difference between 4,000 and four, but it was obviously a miss. And of course, we're counting down to uh, Black Friday and retailers are now being warned, according to the Irish Independent this morning by the Consumer Watchdog, the CCPC. They're being warned, would you, I nearly said please, they're actually being warned, make sure that you don't have fake Black Friday prices because we will fine you up to €5,000 if you have a fake claim that's not genuine. In fact, the consumer watchdog is saying that other companies and other retailers should, um, I suppose, squeal or whistleblow on their competitors if they know that the offers that they have are not genuine. Uh, 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 where, Where would people be caught? The younger generations, according to the Indo. It comes as research shows that younger consumers are much more likely to trust Black Friday deals than older people. They're a little less, they're a little more gullible 
they're a little less street smart or worldly wise, I suppose. Uh, but what will and won't be in the, um, you know, on Senti's shopping, or I suppose the lists are already sent to the North Pole, so it could well be too late. But the Mail this morning has some interesting research. It's a little, be, a little late, actually, because we were talking a lot about this last week, but nearly two-thirds of the public now think that smartphones should be banned from Santi's letter. Um, this is a Moroc research that's out. 63% believe that smartphones should not be given to young children. Um, and then there's also some research then from the workplace in the Mail, which shows that three-quarters of employees have seen or suffered from bullying at work. It hasn't gone away, you know, but there are a lot of different Christmas stories, including the belly-bursting feast on Christmas Day uh, and how long it will take you to burn it off. So if you look at one serving of the Christmas dindins based on two turkey slices, three roast potatoes, two pigs in blankets, stuffing, gravy, cranberry sauce, Brussels sprouts, carrots and parsnips, that's just under 1,500 calories. So that equates to nine hours of gruelling exercise to burn off the typical Christmas dinner. That's fine. I take umbrage to it because in that Christmas dinner there's no ham. And who really has a Christmas dinner without turkey and ham? Oh, fairness, would you give me a break? But it's bad lifestyle. That's what keeping that's what's keeping people out of work or calling in sick of a Monday. Um, I know that they're upping the amount of sick days in Ireland um, from three days to five days uh, and for some of course that's genuine for other it's, others it's just a way of taking the day off but nearly half a million people are out of work in the UK on any given year because they eat they smoke and they drink too much uh, there's a lovely story making the Times UK though and this is to do with wellness stress busting relaxation and just all round living a better life why don't you just go out there and hug a cow because this is the latest thing cow cuddling it's a new wellness trend um, I don't know what generations I would imagine probably the younger generations are big into it literally going into a barn or you know, I assume with fresh clean hay and no cow poo or dung in there and lying down and cuddling cows a farm in East Yorkshire has come up with this plan where animal lovers queue to spend hours hugging stroking and lying with a group of retired milker cows it'll cost you um, don't know exactly how much the papers this morning suggest that it could be in and around 40 euro a person but it lasts for two hours absolute silence it's serene in there it's just you and the cows you can get a discount rate if you go in with the group of people but I'm sure it'll catch on I'm sure it'll catch on tree hugging caught on you'd wonder why this wouldn't uh, and then there's one or two more that come back to a little later maybe we were talking actually I should have mentioned this when we were talking about smartphones maybe we were talking about the etiquette I mean, sometimes I wonder about the world, I really do, how any business gets done at all when they're telling you the experts in etiquette, the best way that people should use their mobile phones, never, ever leave voicemail. Like, why not? Like, why not, says he, getting exasperated. Those who want to call a friend would be better better off messaging them, texting them first to ask them for a time that it would be okay to call them at. Traditional phone addicts who love nothing more than spontaneously picking up the phone, uh, but it's considered a much less stressful way of initiating contact because it minimizes the intrusion into into the receiver's life. So text first. What time would it be okay to call you? Don't leave voice messages. Debrets, the etiquette experts, have come out with the Ten Commandments when it comes to phone etiquette, all including advising people not to expect calls to be answered straight away unless it's an older person. 
they probably will answer. But the younger generations won't. Why? Because they get anxious when their phone rings. They get stressed. They get worked out. They get worked up. And even even Brett's are saying that it can lead to blood pressure the recipient's blood pressure going through the roof if you repeatedly ring so if the phone rings you ring and somebody doesn't answer and you ring again and they don't answer and you ring again I think that is rude and it does drive people's blood pressure through the roof Uh, but you should with also one other thing people should withdraw from calls if the person they are talking to appears to be getting flustered or irritated. I'm going to keep that actually. I think I might even, I might even frame that one. And lots of things for sale. There's a couple of different auctions. I know that the Weckham Phoenix movie is out this week on Napoleon. Can't wait to see that one. But Napoleon's chapeau, it's an enormous thing. How he got it on his head is just beyond me. It's huge. Uh, it's uh, going up for auction in France and it was sold for just under two million euro 1.9 million for Napoleon's hat and another one for those of you that love your music trivia trivia the mixing desk the original analog mixing desk from the 1960s the console mixing desk that actually mixed the Beatles Abbey Road desk is uh, going up for auction and they figure that it will make at least 1 million dollars or euro or punts and why not? It's a revolutionary recording and for people who have a lot more money than sense but also love their music um, and gather, um, you, know, um, you know, auction items like this, I'm quite sure there are many people who will be bidding against each other and it'll probably go an awful lot higher. Very the big. voice of Cork, Neil Prendeville. Weekdays 9 to midday, Cork's Red FM. Uh, ben Dunn died at the weekend. Uh, quick look, though, just before I, I, I talk about um, Ben Dunn Jr. Ben Dunn Sr. was the man behind uh, Dunn Stores and uh, he came down to Cork from County Down. Uh, in 1908 and in the mid-30s he moved to Cork he was born in 1908 and he worked as a buyer for Roach's Stores menswear department he crossed the road then in 1944 and he opened Dunn's um, uh, on Patrick Street it's still there to this day much bigger but that was the flagship one the small little one uh, across the other side of the street uh, and from there of course uh, it went from strength to strength he opened a second Duns then after it on the North Main Street and then many stores uh, all over the country uh, in 1964 he introduced the St. Bernard label uh, and the first thing with on the St. Bernard label was a ladies jacket and of course that seriously took off over the years Ben Dunn Jr. then was born in 1949 in Cork uh, firstly they lived in Douglas then they lived in Blackrock and then had uh, Ringman House, that big massive house down in Ringman with the big gates. That was the, the Dunn's home for many years. Being Ben Dunn Jr. then as a young man, very young actually in his teens, moved in and started working within the Dunn Stores uh, group um, from a very early age and stayed there uh, for over 40 years. Now there were some uh, aspects of his life that led to his departure there. But the man who dominates all of the papers with regards to Ben Dunn Jr. this morning is uh, John Jumbo Karen's columnist with the uh, with the Irish Mirror, but he makes many of the newspapers this morning. Among other other things, I believe, Ben Dunn once saved John Jumbo Karen's life. But more about that in a minute. John, good morning. Morning, Neil. I'm good. And um, he was a man you knew, and no one has an unkind word to say about him. He he came across as like, I never met the man, but they say he was kind, likeable, a kind and likeable character, right? Well, well, I only met him uh, two or three times, and I wouldn't be, you know, I would just have met him, been introduced to him, and spent a short time, very short time in this company. But I know a lot of people who did know him extremely well, 
and uh, some of the stories I've heard about him, you know, over the weekend and had heard before previously is that he was a very, very decent, very generous, uh, very warm individual. Um, he may have had lots of money, but he was a real man of the people. He had a, his finger on the pulse of what ordinary people thought. He never forgot, you know, who put the bread in his table. Uh, and, and, and he was really, really genuinely well liked. And I think, you know, people all over the country would be very sad to see that Ben Dunn had suddenly passed away over the weekend, you know. Because, you know, he had brought great, to, even from a, the housewife's point of view, you know, when he took over the business, he really drove it. You know, he travelled the turnover from 300 million to a billion. But more than that, wow. he brought great value. He great, brought great value to Dunn's stores so that people could for, afford many of the prices in their shops. And that trend, to be fair, still continues today under under his uh, his sister Margaret Heffernan with the ten euro back in every fifty euro you spend. Yeah. But that was all Ben Dunn's uh, philosophy and legacy, which he, he which you know which he he took it to the next level from from his father. And in a piece that I wrote today, he said it's nearly as if Ben Ben Dunn really kind of lived in a real life version of succession. You know, because that's what it was like. Was like he was born into this family business. He went into it as you said when he was fifteen or sixteen, and he worked with it until he fell out with his siblings. And after the famous incident in Florida, uh, you know, when he was caught uh, taking cocaine, and he was uh, he, he 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 didn't know where he was, and he was disillusioned and all sorts, and he was in a bad way. And and in fairness to him, he didn't run or hide. He just came back to Ireland, put his hand up. Let everybody come into his house to interview him, told him what happened, mm. admitted what he did wrong, admitted that he had a cocaine addiction, and apologised for his faults. Mm. And he mm. now, and the type of man he was, he was straight up, he was honest. And I believe his, his generosity uh, knew no bounds. Like, he helped a lot, a lot of people, and nothing was ever written about it because that's the way he wanted. Now, he did, of course, help us, a lot of politicians, <laughs> and he gave Charlie High. 1.2 million, which Charlie eventually admitted. But I, I think Ben Dunn, you know, Ben Dunn was kidnapped um, in, by the IRA in, in 1981, and he was held for six days. And that had a real devastating effect on him from a mental point of view in the years afterwards. And that kind of was one of the reasons that led to his addiction. But yes, that's very important. That's an interesting point. Pick up on that because some are suggesting that he never got any counselling or help after that nothing, kidnapping. Nothing. And, and that that could have led that could have led to to um, you know drug misuse or whatever. Yeah, well, that's well, that's what he he said, you know. But after then, the incident in Florida, he did go and he had treatment, and he even admitted only recently that he he'd regularly go and see a psychiatrist to make sure that he was okay. And that was up until recently he, he was going to see a psychiatrist and getting counselled because it had a hugely uh, uh, a, a negative influence on him. You know, I was talking to somebody in Dunn's stores I know last night, he, he now retired, he told me he was once walking around a, a store with Ben um, and somebody came in to see Ben and Ben turned around and my friend was uh, was, was from uh, up north, up around Belfast. And he said he hadn't heard that accent since he was held captive in South Armagh, you know. And, hey. uh, and, and that's the way he—that's the way he was. You know, you never tried to forget it. Forget it, a bush it onto the carpet. He spoke about it, but I, I had a devastating effect on him. But Charlie Hoy was believed to have negotiated, made a phone call to get him out, and then Dunn's dad is believed to have paid him uh, a ransom of a million quid wow. at that time. Okay, you know? a lot—a lot of the 
brown envelopes for politicians and all of the you know dirty dealing that was going on started with that those payments, didn't they? To Hawley yeah, and Michael Lowry, it led to Moriarty and McCracken tribunals. Yeah, but the only people Ben Dunn paid was was Charlie Hawley. I do. I think he actually personally liked Charlie Hawley, and uh, I think he felt he had a connection with Charlie Hawley, and he was always kind of thankful to Charlie Hawley. Uh, for getting him um, uh, um, for, for helping to secure his release when he was kidnapped. So I think he felt that Charlie, he didn't want to see him in any financial uh, on, 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 in financial trouble and that's why he gave him the money and he always said he never regretted it. Now, Larry did business with him uh, and the money he gave him, I think he, he's provided uh, refrigeration services for that's some right. stores as yeah. company nationwide. And I think what they did was, rather than put money through the boots, uh, money was paid on a side deal and was spent as an extension on, on Larry's that's house. That's right, I and, forgot and about exactly, that. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. So Ben wasn't going around paying all these politicians. We're just two friends of his who he had, you know, one I think was part of the business. And Charlie Hottie, he just had a big soft spot for Charlie Hottie because of what he did for him. But you know? the, Florida, the Florida scandal and the issue with the cocaine and, and things like that, that led to him... Getting into him, uh, getting yeah. getting into a kind of a, a yeah. succession row with his sister, didn't it? It did, yeah. Well, it, it led to a whole family feud because uh, Margaret Heffernan was not impressed with what happened out there. I know it was his brother Frank. Um, so they forced a situation whereby uh, Ben was forced out, and eventually, after two or three years of legal wrangling, he was eventually paid off. And was I think he got between one hundred to one hundred twenty-five million wow. for his shares in the business, and and Ben left. You know. Uh, but uh, I, I think Margaret Heffernan, uh, you know, she took a she she would have been a conservative kind of old fashioned. I think she kind of felt what would have her father thought. She felt that Ben had to pay a price for what he did. But I know the feud between uh, him and Frank last. I don't think I don't think they ever spoke again. Yeah. But certainly, him and Margaret Heffernan have made up in the last. Yeah. I know for a fact they've definitely made up in the last uh, you know last ten or twenty years, and they regularly spoke. And you know, and he, he you know, he, he he made a public comment. I think it was an interview with Neil Horn and he's Sunday Independent. You know that he loved her as a sister. You know, mm. but that's the difference between Duns. You know, they can differentiate between business, business is business, and Duns is Duns. You know, mm. the, uh, sorry, the family is family. But I mean, Duns stores, whether it's under, uh, whether it was under, uh, uh, or Ben, his father, or, or Margaret Heffernan, you know, it's always been a great company to work for. You know, and I've had many stories of people who walked through them and they got ill. And certainly during Ben's time, uh, you know, they were well looked after. And the same applies to Margaret, whereby people whose husbands have died, you know, they've been there for the family, they've looked after them, they've helped them financially, you know. And, and don't have one golden rule, and that is you don't rob us. And if you don't rob them, they will look after us. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's the golden rule. Yeah. And if you rob them, you're out the door. So Doesn't he, matter who you are. So he, you went on, he went on then after that to get into the he health and wellness and fitness, that. didn't he? He was, he was, going, to, he was going to set up a, a business against them, um, a retail business, but I think they went to court and that didn't happen. That was bendone.com, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but that never kind of worked out. And then eventually he started Ben Dunn Gyms. Uh, which, you know, became a big success story, you know. Now, he, he talked publicly during COVID. He had a tough time with it, and he had to shut down. He had 12 gyms, and he shut down six, and then returned it to profit, and went back paying the $3 million. But during COVID, he paid all the staff uh, when they were off, you know, weren't working. He paid them fully you- and made sure they weren't at any loss. But anyone who worked for Ben Dunn all had great things to say about him. He was a very tough taskmaster. Don't get me wrong. He was a tough businessman. But at the end of the day, anyone who worked with him will tell you, that he was very decent and very generous and they all loved him. Do you remember, 
Did you hear the story? I read it in The Independent this morning um, because he had, of course, the gyms, right? And in 2012, yeah. Ben Dunn gyms, he removed the hair dryers from the men's changing rooms for hygiene reasons because he saw some members <laughs> using the hair dryers to dry their nether regions and then putting them back on the holder. And he just <laughs> said he couldn't allow that to go on. It was unhygienic. So he took the hair dryers out of the men's gyms. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be doing that, like. No, no, I love you. At the Corkman laying down the road. I'd agree with him. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. So would I. I wouldn't want. I, I mean, if you know, just just think about it. Like, where was it before you used it? But he, 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 you're saying in the paper that he he just had a, a clean bill of health. He, he was a, he was a, a very he was a, an avid golfer and and went to Dubai many times, didn't he? He did, yeah. He used to go to Dubai a hell of a lot, but he was—he loved golf, and he was a huge supporter of, of, of Irish golf and Irish professional golf. And there's not a pro in Ireland who didn't know Ben Dunn. When they were starting off, he helped many of the many of the Irish pros over the years when they were starting off and going on tour and had no sponsors. And Ben would have sponsored many of them privately. He was big pals with Des Smith, the former Ryder Cup vice captain. And he used to play golf every week uh, with, with Des when he wasn't on tour. And, uh, and and they used to play games him and a couple of friends for you know big money at the time would have been a hundred quid ahead or wherever it was yeah. down at Baltray but he was also a member of Port Marnock and he also a member of the K Club but he loved his golf he absolutely loved his golf and was a huge supporter of golf you know and he would have known Park Harrington he would have known them all you know, Damien, uh, Damien McGrain, uh, Gary Morphy. Gary Morphy was extremely friendly to him, and I know he was very supportive of Gary. Was he handy? Like, was he handy himself? No, I think he wasn't a bad old golfer. He wouldn't be, you know, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be playing him for money anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so was, uh, unlike Donald Trump, uh, he was a very honest golfer. <laughs> oh, they exist, do they? <laughs> oh, they do exist. Yeah. yeah so, fi- yeah. so finally, you you will have a column tomorrow in yeah, in I the mirror, is it? In the, in the mirror tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I had an incident. Uh, you know, only uh, only for probably Ben Dunn and his and his driver and chauffeur. I'm, I, you know, I'm very lucky to be alive. To be quite honest about it, because in in January 2010, and. Uh, we were out having, uh, as a family, a terrible time. My, my wife's uh, mother had died on Christmas morning. And six weeks later, I was down in Cork. And I hadn't been feeling well for about two or three days. And uh, just didn't feel right. And uh, I, I was I was down in Cork. And I, I was to give I was to speak at a conference, a media conference. And Ben Dunn was also one of the speakers, you know. And I, I can't remember. I'm trying to, I don't know whether it was, it was organised by the... By the uh, uh, press council or, or the national newspapers of Ireland, but it was a media conference anyway. And I think it was staying and it was in juries or is it the Riverside now? But anyway, you were staying in. I remember the incident. You were staying in the River Lee, formerly yeah, juries. Yeah, yeah. yeah you juries, were walking yeah, down I, I, a corridor from the bedroom. Yeah, yeah, and I just and I just I collapsed and uh, I was seriously ill. And I obviously had I didn't know the symptoms myself then. I was that stupid, but I obviously know now. But I had massive internal bleeding and I was vomiting up. And I don't want to make you know black blood. I was vomiting everywhere and I collapsed in the foyer of the hotel and Ben and his driver came to me and tried to help me and they went and they rang the ambulance and they stayed with me and they, they knew it was a serious situation and they ran to the Raven to get the ambulance down. They offered to bring me in the car wow. to the hospital if the ambulance didn't arrive within five minutes uh, because I was, I was that far gone, you know, didn't care if I got sick in the car and they were absolutely brilliant. You know, wow. and this was a man who I hardly knew. 
But the kindness that he, Ben Dunn, showed that day and his chauffeur, I would never forget. And it turned out the ambulance did come and they offered to come with me, but I said, you know, you're okay. And and I was driving to the hospital. I think the Mercy Hospital was only about three minutes away. That's right. And I was I was rushed into and I had I was rushed into intensive care and it turned out I had a perseverated ulcer which had bust. So my whole system uh, it was being poisoned effectively for about two days by internal bleeding, and I had to get a number of blood transfusions. And I was kept so sepsis could have, you could have got sepsis and died, yeah, without 100%. a doubt. Yeah. And only they got me to that hospital on time that day and got the ambulance there straight away, you know, um, which they did. But the ambulance was there. It's unheard of these days, literally within three to five minutes, yeah. because he ranted and raving on the phone, got it there, you know. You've never and, forgotten uh, him for that. And, and I never, ever forgot him. And the sad thing is, I never actually got to see him, to thank him, yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I was I was, uh, I was, was very sad when I heard that he passed away because he was he was one of the greats, you know. And he was an amazing character, caught by all accounts. And, and you, we'll never see the likes of him again, you know. We really won't. He was, he was an incredible, generous, decent man. But you know what? He was just like the rest of us. He'd falls, you know, he didn't pretend to be something that he wasn't. You know, uh, you know, he he had his flaws like each and every other human being, and he didn't pretend to be something that he wasn't. Well and said. I think that's why everybody loved Ben Dunn. Well said, well said. Thanks for taking the call this morning, John Kearns. Uh, we'll look forward to your call tomorrow on the Irish Mirror. John Jumbo Kearns, and he's never forgotten that uh, Ben Dunn coming to his assistance. Uh, the mark of a man, the mark of a corkman, because we'll claim him as our own. Uh, may he rest in peace. Died at the weekend at the age of 74. Text 0868104106, particularly if you were within Dunn stores yourself. And I see one or two texts coming in on that already. Text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Just very quickly, because this is haunting me since the, about Thursday of last week. We were talking with Damien McCarthy from HR Buddy. Remember about the workplace and things related to the workplace and what you can and can't do at interviews. One question that somebody asked me was about whether or not Ireland had gender and sexual or sexual orientation quotas. He says they are not legally provided for in employment law in Ireland yet gender and sexual orientation quotas they are in America but he says both gender and sexual orientation are protected under discrimination grounds but there's no quota balance protection not not as of yet anyway because I did get a few texts asking about that last week and I'm happy to clarify it but can I just stay with Ben Dunn because it all started here in Cork it certainly did and Harvey remembers working alongside Ben Dunn Jr. Harvey good morning Good morning, Neil. Delighted to talk to somebody who worked with him. When you say worked alongside him, um, tell us all about that. Well, this was in the early 60s now, and I had a sister walking on the floor in in, uh, in Dunn's and another sister in the office. Was and this I, Patrick we, Street or was it uh, North Main oh, Street? Oh, oh, Patrick Street. Okay. Patrick Street. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was just about when they opened the, uh, I don't know exactly what year it was, but it was the early 60s anyway. And we were all very young for this, skinny young for this. <laughs> and Bernard, as we knew him, was in there doing some work as well. As you said, he started on the floor and we were delivering the lorries down in Little William Street. They had a, they had a store down the back of Little William Street there on the side of Dunstall. Yeah. And we used to be delivering the lorries in there, all hand, 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 no pallets in the day, no pallets, no forklifts, no tail lifts, all hand, hand work, manual work. And then in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the supermarket, then we used to be filling the shelves and uh, I remember his sister Anne used to walk there as well, a lovely girl, Anne. And did, did, okay, and did, ben, well, she was a lovely woman, I'm quite sure she was, but why did, firstly, why did you call him Bernard? 
Well, that's what we, that's what we know him as. He was Bernard Dunn. So he's Chris and Bernard, not Benjamin or Ben. Chris and Bernard. No. And, and no, I wonder, he, who is the, so where did St. Bernard come from? I wonder, is there a connection? I think I think the St. Bernard is a brand, but he, he we always knew him as Bernard anyway. And he was young for long, maybe 13 or 14 at the time. And as a 13, 14-year-old, was he unloading the trucks and stocking the shelves as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As I said there previously, uh, we were in a kind of a chain gang, uh, unloading the, tr- the, the truck down the bottom of uh, Little William Street. There was a man there, Finney. And he spit there with the bus man, yeah. And uh, and uh, we we were manhandling the stuff off the lorry, so you you be throwing throwing the throwing the uh, differences out. There was a uh, sugar. There be twelve twelve bags of sugar in in a parcel, and we thrown into one another. I mean, we throw them out to him, and I always remember we always throw them out to him a bit vigorously because he was the bastard son. <laughs> 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 isn't it isn't isn't it amazing that he didn't go in like he he didn't stay on in school or go to college he got stuck into the shop at 13 he wasn't it doesn't sound as like he was given any preferential treatment then no 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 i think he left school at 16 as i said on the paper and he went to press he went to press of course we all went to the real schools on the press like the north man and sullivan ski and the rest of them and uh, we, we we didn't expect many press boys in the days you can imagine <laughs> so so if anything it was tougher on him because he was the boss's son Oh, yeah, always is, isn't it? Always <laughs> is. And what was Dunn's like to work for? Oh, very, very, very good. Very decent. Very decent. And uh, if you have time, I'll give you a small, uh, small, uh, small hilarious story. Please you do. See, uh, it, it, going, in, going into Dunn's, it was, it was, uh, it was, uh, everybody had to have a basket. But people in the day wouldn't be used to having baskets. So you, you, be, you could be put on basket duty. So everybody passing through the little... Little gap way to get into the back store. You give him a basket, even if they didn't want it. You give you gave it to him. So anyway, one day I was on the basket duty, and this tall lady came along, and I said, "You must have a basket." She said, "No, no, I don't. I don't need a basket." I said, "Everybody has to have a basket." She said, "No, I'm Mrs. Dunn." And I think I said to her, "I don't care who you are. My job is to give you a basket." And anyway, somebody on the floor came over and rescued a woman and rescued me, and that was the story. <laughs> Oh, did you work there all your life? Uh, no, 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 only summer work. Only summer work and, uh, and Saturdays. Oh, uh, it was a part-time job from the summer and oh, Christmas yeah, and yeah, stuff like summer, that. Summer work, yeah. yeah and yeah. and there was a Mr. Holt then. He was in charge of the supermarket, Mr. Holt. And I think he was the, originally the gardener down in the big house in Black Rock. In, in uh, Ringman. In Ringman, yeah. Is like, all, that, is all that gone now? Are the, the big gates gone and everything? Is the house still there, I wonder? I think I think I'm not from that area of the city at all, but I think the house is still there. Yeah, I yeah, think it is. Yeah, yeah. 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 But there were lovely people to work for. Sad to hear of his death then this morning. Yeah, and 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 then and 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 then you be in charge of us at night. You stay back at night time then and do the shelves. You know, as you can imagine. And, and we found out that if there was a if there was a, a tin a tin damaged a tin damaged, you know, a tin of fruit cocktail or pieces of pear damaged, you go you go up to and and say and. This is, are you saying, Miss Dunn? This is, uh, this is damage. Oh, she, you could have that for sixpence. So if you fancy the tin of, uh, <laughs> if you fancy the tin of, of, uh, of fruit cocktail when you went home that night, 
you made sure that there was a damage thing. <laughs> <laughs> I won't ask you if there were people damaging tins on purpose. <laughs> so they sold everything and anything. Nothing went to waste. Lovely stories. Appreciate it, Harvey. Well said. Well said. Take care, sir. Oh, and apparently Ring Mahan House is still there. I see photographs of it this morning. A beautiful, big, majestic building. Cheers. Thank you. Much obliged. Text 0868104106. You talk about doing good deeds and what have you. Just a quick one here. Please give a big shout out to Corbett Tires for their help on a, fr- on a very rainy Friday evening. I got a really bad puncture. Is there any good ones? A long way from home and after nearly losing hope, ringing every tire shop around to see if anyone could come and help me. Kevin was so kind and helpful on the phone and sent Patrick to rescue me within 15 minutes from Corbett Tires. He couldn't have been nicer. Got me sorted. Back on the road as quickly as possible. You see, the new cars don't come with spare tires anymore. It was extremely stressful worrying about how it's sort the tyre with every garage saying they don't do call out I'm so grateful to these guys for really looking after me and I'd highly recommend if you need tyres to go and see them. Patrick came up, collected my wheel, brought it back to the shop, fitted on a tyre and came back up to me. Uh, They really went out of the way for me on a wet, damp, breezy Friday evening, says Jennifer Morris passing on thanks. So that's it very interesting. Well done to Corbett Tyres incidentally but also why, oh why in the name of God do cars not have spare wheels anymore? Can somebody please enlighten me? Text 0868-104-106. Now, the Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. Going to have some fun this week in association with Celtic Interiors. They're celebrating 30 years in business and they create fully bespoke, handmade, great quality furniture. It's all on display in their wonderful showroom in St. Patrick's Woolen Mills in Douglas. And we have some uh, great prizes this week, including every day a deluxe hamper uh, from Celtic Interiors sweets and chocolates and wine and Celtic interior aprons and uh, coasters and chopping boards. They're having a party at their showroom this Friday and there'll be cooking demos there and expert advice and lots of different treats. So they've put a lot of those things into hampers for us and we're giving them away. And Friday we've got a €2,000 prize to give away that you can spend in Celtic interiors. Wow, what a makeover the home would get with €2,000. So we'll be playing 30 seconds. I will give you a topic of my choosing Uh, You won't know it till you come on the air. You've got to talk for 30 seconds without repetition, deviation, uh, or any ums or ahs or pauses. Whoever does it best wins the daily prize. And of course, on Friday, we've got €2,000 spend in Celtic Interior. So the phone lines will open for that one after 11 uh, this morning. Okay. meanwhile, thank you so much to Pat O'Connor. He sent me the most beautiful photograph. Uh, It was printed off for me in black and white. But I'd imagine uh, you probably have it yourself, Pat, in colour. It's Patrick Street with all of the old Christmas lights. I'm going to say, as the Yanks would say, I'm going to say the 80s. But I'm open to correction, Pat. But he says it's a glimpse down memory lane of the festive lights and the crowds and the tremendous atmosphere in Cork City back in the day with the old lights when everybody was welcome. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and there was lots of traffic going both ways. Nobody seemed to be... And actually, one part of the photograph has cars parked up there, parked up um, just outside Cash's, adjacent to the little side street that we know as Winthrop Street. So thank you for that. Uh, In one or two other texts, Anthony says, I must admit yesterday when I heard and read the news that Ukrainian refugees will be allowed to go home for Christmas, 
I thought it makes a total joke of the entire asylum system. Ukrainian seekers have had an extremely easy time in this country already, which is to the detriment of other asylum seekers, even to the point where the government are now themselves calling a stop. You referenced it there with Leo Varadkar. I certainly know if I fled my home country claiming I was in fear of my life, I certainly wouldn't be going back to celebrate Christmas now. It's an absolute joke of an asylum process and a war-torn country. When is this nonsense going to stop? Clearly, you're not in fear of your life if you're prepared to go home for the Christmas holidays. You wouldn't have to be a genius to work that one out, says Anthony. By email to neil at redfm.ie. And a very disturbing email over the weekend then. Quick note, Neil, regarding an incident that happened last night on the Dave McCarthy Road by Apple Computers, which, as you know, perhaps recently reopened. My wife and I were driving home on that road... Around about 6.30pm after being out for the day with our kids who were also in the car. As we came upon the halting site, we were dazzled uh, with a dazzling lamp used for hunting and had our car pelted with rocks as we passed the entrance. Now, bear in mind, these are my words, 6.30pm, it would be fairly dark. So dazzled with a dazzling lamp used for hunting and had our car pelted with rocks as we passed the entrance. One rock hit the driver's side window, which didn't smash, luckily, but the others caused some damage to the other side of the car. Our son, who has autism, was in the car at the time, and luckily, no windows smashed. We contacted the guardie, who took some details, but as usual, didn't seem particularly interested. We now have to pay for damage done to my wife's car, which was only bought a week ago, while they can get away with it, doing whatever they want, and whenever and wherever they want to do it. It certainly wasn't the only car that they had done this to last night. So anyone living or working in the area, avoid this road at all costs, particularly after dark. You know the reasons why I ask you not to give out my details on air. That was a very frightening experience for the entire family. It certainly was. Uh, and you would be expecting... And we can check with Garda Press on this as well, incidentally, as to whether or not they did any follow-up on that incident, because it should be followed up on. And then one final one. Yes, I have seen the video. It's doing the rounds. You have uh, people of, a, um, um, uh, 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 let's say, from overseas who are here wearing very traditional garb and clothing, um, who live in Cork and in Ireland, and unfortunately some of them uh, are engaged in um, shoplifting. Uh, and I suppose it's fair to say that retailers on the side are plagued by shoplifting. But the video shows a, a couple of them sitting down at one of the plinths on Patrick Street, two women, and moving uh, move, moving um, items, I'm just saying items, uh, from the pleats of their clothing and putting them into different bags. Uh, please see the attached video as it speaks for itself. As a retailer in Cork for many years, I've witnessed this scenario more times than I care to remember. These people are prolific thieves, to be blunt and honest about it. They've come to our country to live off the state and plunder from us hard-working, tax-paying retailers, which tax ironically funds their well-being. I believe it to be organised crime. I could say a lot more, but will restrain myself in fear of violating the soon-to-be hate speech law. Surely the Gardaí know what's going on. Do they get arrested or slapped on the wrist? Or do they go back out and just commit the same offences? I have also seen videos of these individuals actually being caught, right? 
and the items that were stolen and put into the pleats of clothing taken off them. So there are videos of that as well. Prosecutions, I don't know, but I know certainly that Gardaí are called. Um, so it, it, it is also fair to say that to some extent it is very organised because I have also seen with my own two eyes in the Douglas area um, where cars then collect those that have been robbing in the city and bring them home. And one day I saw um, items being moved from the boot of one car into the boot of another car. It could have been shopping. Absolutely, it could have been shopping. Shopping. I I couldn't put my hand on the Bible in court and say that it wasn't. Um, But the whole thing looked rather suspicious to me. So thank you for all those. Text 0868104106. Back to the phone lines we go. Amy, good morning. Hey, Neil, how are you doing? You are so good to wait. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. I was talking last yeah. week, right, about uh, Wegovi and Ozempic. Um, yes. Because we're hearing of knockoff versions of both being available in, the, in Ireland and indeed in the UK. They're even being sold in beauty salons, the knockoff versions. But you have used the Ozempic injections themselves, the legit ones. Yeah. Okay. So previous to that, um, you had put on weight during COVID and increased your body weight by 32%. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And and you also, you don't want me saying that, the size that you went from and what you went up to? No, that's fine. Okay. From an 8 to a 16. Did did you first try um, tablets, like slimming tablets? Uh, so I tried, um, there's tablets you can take that, that um, it's pre- prescribed okay. by the Lloyd's online doctor um, okay. that it, it apparently removes the fat from your food. Um, uh, and you pass it as fluid then or something? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, but I didn't have a high fatty diet, so they weren't really working for me. You didn't resort to the internet to get some of these dodgy, dodgy slimming pills and tablets, no? No, I, I read a couple of reviews on some of them and they were like, a lot of them were just gimmicks and yeah, stuff. So. They, were, they were just rubbish, just yeah, you know, pointless. There was nothing in them. So, Ozempic, I understood Ozempic to be um, a an injection for people who would be living with type 2 diabetes. Were you? Uh, no, so that's um, that's its main use, but there's an off-the-shelf use then um, for weight loss. Um, now that, so that I didn't know, Ozempic, I thought, was for people who were having issues with type 2 diabetes. Um, to be absolutely 100% accurate about it, it manages the blood glucose levels within their blood. But then it was found to be very, very successful in losing weight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you actually can get it um, on over the counter, even if you're not type two diabetes. Yeah, you you need a prescription for it. Um, so the it, it if you have type two diabetes, you have your diabetic, you have some type of card where you don't pay for it. Um, if you're using it for the off the the shelf method for for weight loss. It costs you anywhere, depending from pharmacy to pharmacy. So you could get it in one pharmacy for 145 euro. You'll go across the road, and that pharmacist is charging you 180. So, so 180 it, gets you like what a, a month supply or what? It's yeah. So it's a single pen, and um, there's a couple of different um, things on the market for weight loss in terms of injections. There's Saxenda 
and there's Olympic. The socks end there, your BMI has to be over 35. So I think my BMI was 32. So it's like, okay, you're overweight, but we can't help you. You're not fat enough yet. You have to get a bit fatter before we can help you, which mm. doesn't make any sense. But that's the GP would tell you that, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's, you know, it's like, okay, we, we can't help you now, but if you get a little bit fatter and come back, we, we can, you know, search out. Okay. What's the, um, what's the BMI, body mass index weight for Ozempic? Uh, 30. Uh, 30 BMI for Ozempic. So Did you meet that? Over that? Yeah, yeah, just over. Um, so as, as I say, it's 180 euro um, for one pen. So you start off in a 0.25 milligram and you take that for uh, one injection once a week for a month. Then you go up to 0.5 milligram. Again, one injection once a week for a month. And then you go up to one milligram. So that's the, the strongest pen that they have. But it's it causes a lot of adverse reactions as in you know throwing up constantly not being able to um keep food down food staying in your stomach for abnormally um long lengths of time like as in i i food in my stomach 14 hours after eating it so um how do you know because you hadn't you hadn't passed it or, or i so it it makes you throw up like it 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 stops you feeling hungry. Um, so, like, you're, you're not having breakfast. You're not having lunch. Um, you're having dinner. Um, like, for me personally, if I ate two chicken nuggets in 24 hours, it was a lot. And three to four hours later, you're bringing up the, the two chicken nuggets that you've eaten because it's just not digesting. It's like it's fermenting in your stomach. Um, so I started getting very, very sick from it, um, quite obviously. And, you know, very... Tired all the time, fatigued, confused, just exhausted mentally, physically. Nauseous, obviously nausea as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was losing weight. Um, it, it, it does what it says on the table. Okay, it so talk about talk me. about that. Is it is it a rapid loss of weight? Uh, for me, yeah, I dropped twenty two kg in three months. Oh my god! Oh my so, god! Uh, as you can imagine, and that was without just to add it in to the the extent of it. That was without any exercise whatsoever. That was solely like working remotely, um, not being active, not leaving the house. That was just from being so violently ill for 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 three months. Okay, so what did you do about it? I mean, you stuck it out for three months, though. Obviously, it was doing what it said it on the tin. You were barely eating. Um, you would eat tiny amounts, but you had all of these side effects, as you describe. Um, what did you yeah, do? Yeah, like, I look, I kind of, I did stick it out. Um, in hindsight, it, it wasn't really the best idea, but the fact that I was getting back down, I was losing weight, I was getting my confidence back, I was feeling better, you know, I wasn't, having pains in my knees walking around because I'm carrying, you know, 25, 30 kg extra. Um, so it was, it was like, it was, it was a feel good factor. And I ended up starting, I started getting very, very ill from it. As in, I would wake up in the middle of the night in excruciating pain. I had to call an ambulance. Stomach pain. Um, Where was the pain? Yeah, stomach pain. It was like my entire insides had twisted up inside me. Um, absolutely unbearable. It never, like I've gone through childbirth. That's a walk in the park compared to the pain that I was going through on this occasion. This is a 10 um, out of 10 pain. Yeah, pa- paramedics came in. They saw me on the floor. They had no idea what was wrong with me. I was just throwing up. It was like hot 
molten lava that felt like it was coming up through my chest. Um, then I ended up getting rushed to hospital. They'll manage your pain, they'll rehydrate you and they'll send you home again. So I ended up having several tests done um, privately, colonoscopy, gastroscopy, CT scans, x-rays. Every time they were like, we can't figure out what's wrong with you. So uh, again, I, I'd be rushed to hospital in excruciating pain. They would manage my pain. The doctors would come around to me. It was normally at night time that it would flare up. Doctors would come around in the morning, oh, you're fine now, we'll send you home. And I'm like, well, you're, you're just you know, resolving the immediate pain, but you're not finding out what's wrong. Where, where is this, uh, CUH? Uh, between CUH and the Mercy, I was kind of bouncing between the, All right. the two of them. thank you, go ahead. So I ended up in the UK for a weekend, and within a couple of hours of being over there, um, I the, the pain in my stomach came on again. Um, couldn't get an ambulance over there, and a taxi driver ended up rushing me to the emergency department so I was in so much pain in the back of his taxi that he even got a fright and he broke every single red light that he came to to actually get me to the the hospital they were like there's something severely wrong my blood pressure was going through the roof due to the the pain that I was in they struggled to get a vein I had gone so dehydrated and they were like why has nobody in Ireland given you an ultrasound you've had you know several x-rays checking the same thing, several doses of radiation. Um, they were like, your symptoms are quite clearly that of gallstones. So I ended up discharging myself from the hospital the following morning because they wouldn't, it, this was a Saturday or Friday night into a Saturday morning and they were like, we won't be able to do any tests on you until Monday. I was due to fly back Sunday night. So I got a flight back first thing this Sunday morning and they gave me a letter to present to the emergency department here went to CUH, they were like, oh, well, you'll be 22 hours before you leave and see a doctor here. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I left, went to the Mercy. The Mercy did a couple of tests, sent me home again, um, as in just blood blood work. And You I did went, mention the NHS visit. You did mention the gallstones. Um, yeah, I, I told them, like, look, they're after telling me it's probably gallstones. And they were like, oh, well, you'll have to come in as an outpatient. Uh, <laughs> so I'll have to be referred in, go on a waiting list as an outpatient for an ultrasound. So on the Monday morning... So what would that I, waiting list be for something like that? I, I have no idea. Okay. Absolutely okay. no idea. Okay. Um, on the Tuesday morning, I called the Affidavit Clinic and I arranged a private scan for myself. Um, sorry, the Monday morning I rang them. I got the appointment for first thing the Tuesday morning. They were like, oh, be about 10 days before the report will go to your GP. But my gallstones were actually so bad that within two hours they had the report ready. <clears throat> so I went to Affidea, this is, the efficiency uh, at Affidea, okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, I went to call the private consultant that I was seeing in Mallow General uh, to be advised that there is, uh, he, he's on annual leave for three weeks and there's nobody else there that can assist. So I, the, the Tuesday night, my stomach went into a spasm again and ended up being rushed to hospital again. This time I had the report from Afidea. Um, I was able to show them the images of the gallstones. Like, you, it was so bad. Um, and they attempted to discharge me again the following morning, but I kind of put my foot down and I said, Why? Like, Look, I'm, what I'm, I'm reason not was given for that? Um, oh, because it's the way they do things um, that, you know, I they, they managed my pain. So they, they then okay. send me home okay. and... I will need to come in as an outpatient um, for an elective uh, procedure to have my uh, gallstones removed. 
the I, I put my foot down and said this is the sixth time in six weeks I've been rushed to hospital in excruciating pain. I'm not leaving. So between the Dixon and the Reels, they kept sending different consultants down to me, all of them saying, you know, oh, our system is broken. I said, the system is broken because there's people like you that can see the flaw in it and you're not doing anything to change it. What do they mean the system is broken? The, the ways of admitting people who then need exactly. surgery but are sent home instead? Okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I said to them, this is a, a 45 to 50 minute um, operation. You're, I, I'm here now. You're, you're able to operate. There's surgeons within the within the, the hospital. I'm, I'm not leaving. I'm, like, I'm, I'm not going through this again. My my five year old son at home has seen me in excruciating pain, and I'm barely able to tell him that I'm okay. I'm, like, I'm, I'm not going through it. So I I put my foot down and I, I was not leaving. And then sure enough, they actually ended up operating, and it was so bad that they actually had to remove the gallbladder. So they were like, you know, just as well that that you did put your foot down. Um, but Amazing. like the to the extent of the rapid weight loss, I did contact um, Nova Nordisk, which are the suppliers of Ozempic, and I advised them of what I had gone through and what their product had caused. But they do have gallstones on their um, on, on their you know possible side effects, but they don't have you know that you can end up having to. Okay, but just just to be fair now, um, how do you know that gallstones weren't a precondition before you took the Ozempic tablet uh, injections? Um, because I, I never, I, I didn't have any issues prior. You know, there was no. Um, Does it say on the uh, read the label that one of the side effects, serious side effect, is that may cause gallstones? Yeah, it, it's listed down as one of the, the side effects. Oh my God. So they um, they actually have um, a specific warning on there that if you um, end up with this with a particular type of pain that you could have pancreatitis I think and to stop use and seek um, immediate uh, medical attention okay. but they don't have anything to say if you have this type of pain in your stomach stop use immediately because. You could have, but surely, and I, I don't have a box or the pamphlet in front of me. But but surely there must be a warning that if you start getting violently sick, where you can't keep anything down, and you're nauseous and throwing up all of the time, and you're in excruciating pain, stop use immediately. No, no, no. They have a, they have nausea down as a common side effect, um, okay. but nothing outside of that. Okay. So how are you now? After all, you you, you clearly have stopped. Have you? Oh yeah, yeah. As soon as um, as soon as I found out that I'd like the really bad gallstones, I I stopped the the use immediately. Um, obviously, I have the the gallbladder removed now, and I've um, I put back up a small little bit of weight, a healthy a healthy amount of of weight because I'd gone very um, gaunt and and frail and and had know, people remarked bones. on your rapid weight loss. I wonder, Amy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd family say to me, like, Jesus, you know, you're you're gone down. Um, because of how quick it was as well. Like, it was very, very noticeable. So it was the rapidity of the weight loss. Because you clearly had put on way more weight than you had wanted. You hadn't got down to your target weight. So why didn't you look healthy? It was the rapidity of the loss. Um, well, I, I'd gotten down below my target weight. Um, I'd gotten down to a weight that I hadn't been um, in 20 plus years. Um, I, I got them to a weight that I was last at when I was 16 years old. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So that, it, would have been, that would have been all very well if it hadn't had all of those side effects. Then it would be really 
a life changer, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I've I've seen um, since then. I I've kind of had a look online, and I've seen there seems to be more and more cases of people coming forward that are um, that are getting gallstones. People that have had gallbladder surgery. Okay. Um, Searching it on TikTok will bring up multiple people telling okay. their stories. Okay, I need to have a closer look at the uh, potential side effects and the warnings that come with it. But um, um, so, in learning an awful lot here, it's not just for type two diabetes people or people living with type two diabetes. If you hit a BMI of thirty, you can get Ozempic. If you hit a BMI of thirty-five, there's even another one for that. So, if you are grossly overweight, this can be prescribed by a GP. Yeah, the, okay. the difficulty with it as well is um, you can, uh, the the health authority released a statement out to uh, pharmacists that um, they're, um, they're to use their um, own discretion of who they're giving it to in terms of um, people that are using it for anything other than diabetes because uh, due to like kind of online trends and stuff, it created a global shortage of products. It did, and the, and some now are, are. I was reading last week on the air that some pharmacies are warning that um, doctors need to be careful about prescribing it because the pharmacies can't guarantee, such as the popularity, they can't guarantee a regular supply. They're saying we may be able to give it to you this month, but we can't guarantee we'll have it next month. Yeah. Yeah, like I'd find even trying to get it, you'd you could ring seven or eight different pharmacies before you'll find one that has it. Um, and then what you'll get a lot of the time is when you call them, you ask the pharmacist um, asking you, are you using it for medical conditions? In other words, are you using it for um, diabetes? Yeah. If you say no, um, the response back to that is usually, oh, well, look, we're, we're only holding it for our customers that need diabetes. I got diabetes. it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Thank you so much. Um, just before you go, there is a train of thought that I was reading over the last couple of weeks on this as well, that people who don't have type 2, do, type two diabetes and are using it for weight loss because they've put on lots of weight, that they are cheating. I wouldn't think what I went through was cheating. No, no, no. I'm not talking uh, about the side sorry. effect. Is that, that, that they, it, it should not be prescribed for this if somebody has put on huge amounts of weight or rapid weight gain. They should try and lose it by diet and exercise. I mean, that's that's all well and good. Um, you know, every person's situation is unique. You take me, I'm 45, 50 minutes, or, no, I'm about 40 minutes drive each way from the nearest gym. My nearest family member is an hour's drive away from me in a different direction. So they would have to drive, I, I would need to try to get somebody to drive an hour down to look after my son, an hour home, and probably spend about two hours here, so that's looking for somebody to spend four hours out of their day so I can try to go to the gym for okay. an hour. Okay, okay, okay. No, I'm just making the point. No, I mean, everybody has their own exclusive story to their lives. Thank you so much, Amy. I appreciate it. Much clearer now. And I'm quite sure people listening are much clearer as well, following our conversation. I wish you well going forward. Thank you so much. Thank you. All the Thank best. You. I'll talk to Ashling after the break. She's got My Life After Ozempic on TikTok, but just mentioned actually the, the side effects. So uh, thank you, Kevin. I've got them here. If you take Ozempic uh, or a member of your family um, takes Ozempic uh, type 1, if, you know, you have to be very, very careful if you have type 1 diabetes, if you have um, an allergic reaction uh, to the pen, if you have a high heart rate, like your pulse quickens, uh, if you've ever had pancreatitis, if you're breastfeeding or planning to breastfeed, 
if you're pregnant or planning to become pregnant, if you have end-stage renal disease, if you have gastrointestinal problems, including vomiting, diarrhea or dehydration, if you have a diabetic retinopathy. I don't know what, what that actually means, but there it is nonetheless. I did see earlier on, though, other ones that you showed me also that did mention uh, gallstones. Let me find that part of it. We'll come back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Cork's Red FM. Hi, I've got the proper page now for side effects. I'll come back to them in a couple of seconds' time. But as I was saying, having chatted to Amy also of Ashling, who actually is detailing her life, it's called My Life After Ozempic on TikTok. Ashling, good morning. Good morning. Appreciate your patience. Thank you so much. You had a totally <laughs> different experience to Amy. Tell all. I did. I was put on it in May of 2022 by my GP because I was after doing like a year dietitian. I did counselling as well um, because I have multiple mobility issues. So they were hoping trying to lose the weight would help with the mobility issues. Mm. Um, so Do you have mobility have- issues because of the weight? Um, I, some were and some weren't. Okay. okay. Did the dietitian work in any way? Did that help with regards no, to? No, I wasn't even losing a pound. Okay. And did Nothing you? Were you following the instructions with regards to eating yeah. healthy? Yeah, I was doing everything, but I'm on a lot of medication as well. So they were thinking the medication was kind of not helping me lose the weight. Totally. If you, know what if I mean. you were following everything you were supposed to do, that's hard. yeah. You know, that's, that's frustrating. It, it's very frustrating. And then I was doing the counselling to help with the mental health side of it. So that I'm not binging, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So that I'm not, I'm an emotional eater. All right. So I did I counseling to help not to do that. Yeah. Did any um, of that work? Oh, it did. Because once I was on Ozempic, then it was a different ball game. It changed everything. So, so I was on. Do you mind me giving out your weight before that? I started at 225 and I got down to around 162. Okay, so about 225 pounds um, is about 102 kilos and you lost, uh, that would be 55 pounds in weight. Like a stone. Yeah, like, okay. yeah, like five. It was around five and a half stone. Five That's and a half lost. stone in a year. In, yeah. Between 70 and 80 pounds. Mother of God. It must yeah. have, was it rapid? No. Um, and the reason it wasn't rapid was because I ate. <laughs> How did you manage to um, do that if you were on the on the jab? Yeah, so basically, like when you're on Ozempic, like you start at the 0.25, and that's a low dose to build up tolerance in the body because it is strong medication. And they say to you if you get any side effects, like the vomiting or the nausea, to contact your doctor because that means your body isn't tolerating the dose that you're on. So the lady beforehand, when she got those side effects should have went to her doctor and had a chat with her doctor. Because if you if they're not gone away after you've treated them, like with over-the-counter, like Imodium or Motilium, you go see your doctor because you're sick. See, I see you a know? text here from somebody who says they're on low-dose Ozempic um, and would have started on the lowest dose, had no side effects, and moved then up to right. 0.75. Does that make sense? Yeah, see, there's no 0.75. Isn't what it? they're doing now with their pen is, do you know, that you go up to the one mg, okay, right? You they're they're using clicks. So basically, online there's a picture that came from someone in the UK set up of how many clicks is a dose, right? So say thirty nine clicks is point seven five. 
they're turning it to 37 clicks to get 0.75. That the pen don't come as a dose of 0.75. You turn it completely to the number on the pen, which is the 1 mg. Okay, so they're manipulating and turning it more They're manipulating than, uh, okay. the pen to turn it to 0.75. Okay, okay, okay. Like the pens come in 0.25, you completely turn it to the number when it comes up and then you inject the same at the point 0.5 and then the same at the 1 mg. Okay, so, so let's get okay, so let's get back to um you did lose in 12 months an astonishing amount of weight and, and I'll ask you to do anything else besides food, but you said even while you were on it, you mentioned that you were still eating. Yeah, like I'm not going to lie at the very start, like when I went on it there was no information on Ozempic or how to take it or what you're meant to do. So at the very start, in my head, you were taking Ozempic. You're not meant to eat on Ozempic because it's meant to stop you eating, right? Because that was the whole idea of what you think of what it's meant to and do. And then the body is to use its own stored fat um, yeah. to um, keep you functioning, if you like. Yeah, like at the very start, like the woman's gallstone pains. At the very start, I started getting that pain in my chest within, I'd say, the first six weeks. And I was like, what the hell is that? So I went to my doctor going, like, what, what's that pain? I thought I was dying. I swear to God, I was in bits. And he said, like, are you eating? And I said, well, no, like, I'd have, like, one small meal a day. And he said, you need to eat because if you don't eat, you're going to get the rapid weight loss and you're getting the pain now from the start of gallstones. So after that, I was like, eh, yeah, I'm going to eat. So I, it, because I was empic, turns the food noise off in your head and it does make you forget to eat, I set an alarm in my phone to remind me to eat. Turns the food noise food off noise. In you know, head. like, if you're, the only way I can describe it, Neil, is if you're sitting and you see herself eating a bar of chocolate and you're looking going, oh, I'd love one of them now because she's eating the bar of chocolate, it turns that off so that you're not craving something you really don't want. Okay. You know, yeah. So how then did you manage to eat? I just, re- I reminded myself to eat. So like I changed my whole lifestyle then. I went, I didn't restrict myself. So because for me with binge eating, my goal was always to come off the medication. So I didn't go restrict myself to like a chicken and veg diet. I ate what I wanted to eat, but reduced my portion sizes. So it's like on a Saturday, you know, you want to take away. I'd order pizza, I get a small pizza instead of like a medium pizza so that I'm not restricting myself too much. In the mornings, I'd have my tea and toast. But how, have, how are you doing that if you're not hungry? You eat, you're, you reduce your portion sizes. Okay. So, so do, were there, there ever is, hunger pangs at all? No. You don't get the hunger pains. But, you, but, but it doesn't stop you from... Chewing and swallowing food, you you like like you didn't like yeah. it because it strikes me as if I, if I'm not hungry, I don't want to eat, and if I eat when I'm not hungry, I feel bad, I feel unwell, or if I eat yeah, too like much, yeah, like you can if you're eating too much, you're going to feel like you're sick, but you still need to get in the calories. So whether it's protein shakes or like little cereal bars, you know, like the protein ones. You still need to eat. Your body still needs food because if you're not giving it food, you'll end up very sick like the lady before. Like your body still needs food. Like if you're if you're on a dose where you can't eat anything at all and that happens to some people, you need to go back to your doctor, talk to your doctor to go back down to a dose 
where you can get the calories in. Okay, okay. If um, that makes sense. It does. And for one year, that's what you did. Uh, after that, that after that little correction where you weren't eating, then you, yeah. you started to smaller post portions. You lost five and a half stone. Um, yeah. Did people observe or comment on the rapid weight loss? I didn't have rapid weight loss. That was the because thing. it was my, a year. Yeah, yeah. My loss was average. The first week, I said, not the first month. I didn't lose much, but when I went up to the point five, which is the weight loss dose, the first week I lost like five pounds. But after that, then the average loss is only about a pound a week. All right. Okay. So you you had to pay for this, did you? I did, yeah. <laughs> so that would have I been did. in and around 200 a month kind of thing? No, no. I only paid 140. Uh, no, 139. Okay. Has it got dearer then some. since you were on it, I wonder? Huh? It, it, see, it depends on the chemist because even when I was on it, um, some people will go to their chemist and they would charge 160, but mine would only charge 139. And okay. then another chemist could charge 165, or the chemist had their own prices. All right. Okay. Okay. And you so, can claim it back on your tax because it's a health thing. So you can claim 20% back of it then on your revenue if you're working. So you're finished now, and have you I've maintained done. that weight? I have, yeah. I've, I'm off it now 23 weeks. And the, I'm not going to lie, the only gain I had was Halloween weekend. I gained a pound and a half because I ate two takeaways and the sweets that the child don't like. You know, the parents eat the sweets that the child don't like. That's it. That was the only gain I had in 23 weeks. And I've lost a pound of that already. Okay. So how are you managing to maintain it when you don't have the jabs anymore and you're even losing weight because of healthier eating? What's different now in your mindset? It's the habit that you build up while on the medication. So for me, the plan I picked, nothing changes when I came off the medication. So that I'm still eating the same foods. But you know, when you're doing like Slimming World or a diet, you're restricting yourself so much that when you come off something and you lose the weight and you hit your goal weight, you go, yes, I'm free. I can go back now to eating what I want. And that's where the weight creeps back on. Then if you just don't restrict yourself too much and reduce your portions, you can continue off the medication but I do think people do need to work on their mental health while on it because when you come off the medication even on the medication it's a long journey it's not a quick fix or an easy journey like you do have like not serious thoughts but the thoughts that you're binge eating or all those type thoughts if you are an emotional leader do creep in so if you're not sorting those side of things when you come off the medication, those issues are still going to right. be there. Okay, but are you happier in your head now? Oh, I am, yeah. Oh, I'm way stronger than what I was. And if someone annoys me or stresses me, the counsellor gave me ways of treating that instead of going to the cupboard or the fridge. Okay. And are people very complimentary with regards to the new you? They are. And I can, and like they, I've shared my journey on TikTok from the very start. And now all my family and friends knew I was on it. And they're like you, you're half the woman that you were but it took me a while to see that um, in the mirror because I was still buying the bigger sizes and until I put them on and then I see them swinging on me I'm like oh yeah I need to go back so like I went from a size 20 to 22 to a size 14 mm, mm. Uh, This was very much driven in recent months by uh, the Hollywood stars wasn't it? Um, it was but it wasn't even that it was that it worked and once like people like myself started sharing our journey, 
people that have done the whole exercise and eat less, move more, as you're always told. We've done all that. And it's a last resort. Oh, I know. People no, no, I know that. But I'm just yeah. wondering, could it become a last resort for people who want to lose weight but don't meet the criteria for the product? Uh, would it, oh, it, it, it was. Yeah, it is already. Can, and is it, can it be got? Sister. Can it be got? No, not through your doctor. Like the woman said before, back in March, the HPRA, the HSC and Nova Nordisk sent out a letter to doctors telling them not to prescribe it for weight loss, to stick to the licence that it was for, which is type 2 diabetic. But, and the regulator, the PSI pharmacy regulator sent one to them, telling them to stick to the licence as well. But you're, um, aware, you're aware of it being sold um, knockoff versions of it? Oh yeah, and I, it's all over my TikTok. I've, it's not in Ireland though, that's the thing. You can't get the knockoff in Ireland. Why? Would but it be stopped by customs or something? It would be, yeah. But in England, it's a different ball game altogether. And did you see, I'm guessing you did, the BBC documentary on... Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. The skinny that, jab uncovered. The yeah. skinny jab uncovered. It was brilliant because I had it all over my TikTok already. And I was after reporting that guy and the people selling it to the MHRA. And it, it's just ridiculous over there because they have different regulations right. than we have here. Okay. But it's okay. like the knockoff version isn't here, but there are people charging. And like I said that to Kevin already, there's a doctor. I, I don't know his name. So I can't I don't, I'm not interested anyway. in his name, nor where he is or um, anything yeah. like that. He could be. Um, but there is someone that's charging people 80 quid a week to give a person an injection of Ozempic just one injection a week and they have to go to the office say on a Saturday morning. But if you know that you need to report that, don't you? You you do, but the people that are going there are people then that mightn't need it. Yes, but you would need to report that if it's breaching the guidelines. It is, yeah. But I don't know the doctor's name or anything to report it. It was the people came on my TikTok and said, well, I'm getting it off this person and this place and it was like four people said this same thing at different times. That's By a only... GP who shouldn't be giving it because they don't yeah. meet the weight criteria to get it, but he yeah. or she is giving it nonetheless. Okay, okay. Yeah. Listen, I'm tied on tie, Ashling, but thank you firstly for holding and secondly for sharing your story. Incredible. Delighted for you. Glad it all worked Thanks out. Very much. Take care, take care. No worries. Thank Back you. Bye bye. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 104 Red FM. One thing's for sure, all of the uh, gym work and all of the weights in the world, well, they will help, but they won't, you won't lose weight on that alone. It's really much to do with diet and I suppose it may be something like 80-20, perhaps even 90-10. 80% of it at least is uh, what you eat and then 20% of it, perhaps even less, is uh, working out, walking, exercise, cardio and weights. Anyway, we'll come back after 11 on that, so keep those texts coming. Text 0868-104-106. Don't forget, right across the week, make a big change in your life at home because on Friday we have a big, big prize to give away, courtesy of ourselves and Celtic Interiors and it's your chance to win on Friday a €2,000 spend within Celtic Interiors at St. Patrick's Woolen Mills in Douglas they're celebrating 30 years in business they have a big party at the showroom on Friday I'll tell you more about that as we go through the week so between now and midday today chance to win one of their deluxe luxury hampers all chock full of goodies we'll be opening the phone lines for that in the next 60 minutes now 
Prenderville Show, Red FM. Back to calls after the break. Uh, and remember, this week with Celtic Interiors, we've got deluxe hampers to give away every single day uh, ahead of their 30th anniversary party at their showrooms at St. Patrick's Woolen Mills in Douglas on Friday. End on Friday's programme, a €2,000 voucher to give away and spend it on whatever you wish within Celtic Interiors. Great quality furniture. Um, oh, some beautiful showrooms there as well for all sorts of different rooms in the home. So that's between now and Friday and we'll open the phone lines between now and midday. I need to do uh, the first batch of texts that came in this morning. I'm that backed up with calls. So these are some of the topics we were discussing already today. Parking. Seriously, are people stupid or what? There's plenty of parking spaces around the city. How are people paying so many parking fines? Are people so tight that they won't pay a couple of euro for a parking disc? It's pure stupidity. Parking discs are so yesterday, aren't they? I mean, nostalgically, I love them. They're almost impossible to get. They're so hard to get. Many places don't sell them. But what you really need is some kind of a meter like they have out in Douglas. Uh, or indeed, I imagine they probably have them also in many of the satellite towns. I'm open to correction, but I wonder if they do things differently in Middleton or Mallow or places like that. I mean, Think about parking discs and punching holes and things. I have Park Magic now. Is that what it's called on yeah. my phone? You you know, know, the, I have the Cork Park by phone app. I don't know what the heck is called. I have a big, I have a big I find issue. It brilliant, with but every tenner you put in, they take something like one. That, that's my big issue with it. Like, one fifty, is it? Yeah, I mean, you're already charging people for parking, and then you're charging them on top of that for the admin fee for doing parking. So, like, of course, you're going to buy. Like, if I want to go into a, a shop and buy a book of discs, I can buy a book of five discs for whatever tenner or whatever it is. These, I don't know what. Yeah, but you can't. You but you can't don't get remotely update and stay longer, like. Yeah, I get that, but like, I mean, you put it down, you put your time down, you have your two hours. If you need to come back and change your disc, you pop your shopping back in the car and you change your disc. It's not that big an issue. Park, I mean, park, park by phone. But like I, said, I like it. I, uh, I, I, I would like it if it worked like they, like I said to you in the UK when we went up to Derry before, and it was literally you put where you are, you start the clock, and it just, the clock just ticks away. And you, when you come back to the car, you press it again, the clock stops, and you automatically get charged out of your card. This way, you only get the, you still only get the two hours or whatever. Oh yeah, I know you have you know, to move. I mean, you yeah, can you can yeah. update it or whatever and go again. You're obliged like, to move though, aren't you? After the two hours. That now I don't know. Although I suspect if your car is in time, unless you're in like a place where you're really taking up a you know don't high know. priority I spot, I don't know. I thought you were obliged to move. But like, why it. not just have? Well, I can't. I just can't understand why they can't have a system where you. Whatever you put, you start the clock, you stop the clock. As opposed to this, like every time I top up a tenner, I get charged fifty cent. Then I have to, you know, if I want to stay longer for two hours, I still have to, as you say, come back to the car and move it, or I have to go back into the app and do it all over again. It's yeah, like yeah. Yeah. it's like Neanderthal apps. You know what I mean? As 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 a parking app goes, like this is really. And I, I know, look, you'll be giving out about everything. And it's good that it's there. Trust me, it's better than not having the option. But I just think the way they do them in uh, other I think, places I think the automated meters are the way to go, aren't they? Yeah. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I find that article, actually. I've only, <laughs> I've only one hand, so it's next to impossible to turn page. But I will find it again. Another text on it says, I was listening last week about city businesses finding it hard. The city council could give two weeks free parking, couldn't they? In the run-up to Christmas around the city and the car parks that they own, say, North Main Street and Paul Street, just an idea, says uh, Gary. Um, on RTE, media silence. Kevin Backhurst, Director General of RTE, acknowledges he understated his €250,000 salary and there's media silence. Why aren't making people making a bigger fuss about it? Well, he, he did actually, according to the examiner, Kevin Backhurst underreported his total package by €31,500 after he got mixed up 
in a live interview on primetime on Tuesday. So thank you for that. Regarding RTE, I do understand that there are national broadcasters, but this is no way sour grapes. Can you please tell me if one presenter is worth paying over 100000 plus expenses and pension? I know RTE doesn't sound big compared to what top earners were and are getting now. The old days, it was multiples of that. I honestly don't believe they're worth it, though, in my opinion. If it comes to the actors being hired, well, that's different, in my opinion. I wonder why. Why would you pay the actors an awful lot more than the broadcasters? Anyway, just look at all the benefits that these broadcasters get. Their pension can almost cost as much as their earnings when they're working. We are too small a country to be paying this amount of money. I I can understand the likes of the BBC or countries with big populations. Thank you. Have a great day. I'm not in any way defending other people's salaries, but when you talk about pensions and all sorts of little side deals, that's only if your staff, um, many of those that are on bigger salaries are contractors and get zero pensions or zero contributions. So it's different if your staff. You seem to be falling, Neil, for Leo Varadkar's flight kying and spin. Kite flying, I should say, and spin. Leo Varadkar knows there's an election coming. Ireland, let me remind you, has already agreed to take a disproportionate number of refugees or economic migrants. Next year, the deal is already done. They have also allowed the poor, misfortunate Ukrainians go home to their war-torn country for Christmas and return in January without losing all the frills the Irish taxpayer is giving them. That deal is also done. Somebody else says, you are just so naive. How can you support the man after the horse has already bolted? He's the one that created this problem by leaving so many into the country. He's only saying this now, as in we need to relook at it all, because an election is on the horizon. They, um, well, I won't say that about it because that's some nasty comments there about... Uh, Uh, people coming here for a better life. Uh, No wonder the shops in the city are struggling uh, when they're dealing with all of this nonsense, as in people pay too much tax and have no money. Um, Refugees, people in Rosslair protested at the weekend at our government's decision to repurpose a building from a nursing home to a refugee home. It looks like our government will go out in a blaze of ignominy. And then I was talking about cars in France. They have uh, decided now that they were going to tax and penalise SUV drivers uh, more so than smaller cars because of emissions. This is just another money racket. Most Jeeps are only two litre diesel engines and have no less emissions than your standard BMW 5 Series saloon. I think what you mean is no more emissions than a 5 litre saloon. Just on the SUV tax uh, are they going to tax people in the extra large cars or those who drive large vans and camper vans or even people that drive the pickup-style trucks. I would say yes to all of that, particularly the pickup-style trucks. And then the 4 by 4 tax that you mentioned. Can I just tell you that I paid €90,000 for a Jeep. The net value of the same Jeep new was 43000 They added VAT and all of the other tax, and it came to 90000 That VAT and tax goes towards paying for social homes, welfare, dole, HAP, free handouts, paying for refugees, paying free legal aid and paying for state-of-the-art prisons. Soon it will be paying for pods for addicts to shoot up in, in the form of injection centres. It paid D Forbes' big lump sum. It paid Leo's wages. It pays for Garda overtime, patrolling all of these pointless parades and protests. And it paid for the voting machine storage. It pays for all of the above and more. And now they want to tax me even more for it. 
If this is the case with the pro-business government, then may God help us if Sinn Féin get into power. Anyone working and trying in life will be absolutely hammered by Sinn Féin. Um, it's a very interesting... Um, I follow... Um, you know, you follow an awful lot of different things online. I know you do, but I follow uh, uh, one or two things with regards to um, uh, political podcasts and stuff. And one of them is uh, one that I saw earlier in the week that that came into me that actually I sat up and I looked very closely and listened to what Eddie Hobbs was talking about. He was talking about an asset tax and he put it up in the shape of an asset asset tax alert. And it has to do with Sinn Féin policy. Um, And I I thought it was quite disturbing, actually, because this asset tax will come after everybody. It's not just necessarily somebody who's got a million euro in a bank account sitting on deposit. I got that impression actually from Pierre Starty when I was talking to him on air recently that it was just people who had a million in the bank sitting there. But it's all of your assets, if they come up to or above one million, there will be a Sinn Féin tax on it. It will be 1% per year. Now, Sinn Féin can correct me on this. And if any of them are listening and I'm getting it wrong, please do tell me. But it's your combined assets. So it would be the value of your home Right. Um, if you have a, a holiday home, if you have a, a camper van or a caravan, I might actually get Eddie Hobbs on uh, in the next few days just to explain it. So it's all of your combined assets. If you worked all of your life and you managed to build up things in your life that are worth a million or more, 1% tax per year. So in the course of, a, of, of say, two terms of the Sinn Féin government, that would be 10% of everything you own would be taken off you within a 10-month period, 10-year period. So that, that's a substantial amount of money. And, and it's more worrying in the sense that it will eat into any inheritance and all that money you have paid tax on and you're going to be taxed on it twice. And it will eat into the inheritance that you would hope to leave, say, for instance, for your sons or your daughters. Just a thought. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Talk to Catherine in a second. One email I read out earlier on this morning was an incident on uh, Dave McCarthy Road by Apple Computers where a car was stoned half past six. Man with his wife and uh, children one of whom is living on the autistic spectrum. I got very, very upset. Uh, the car was dazzled with a lamp used for hunting and was pelted with rocks as they were passing the entrance to a particular uh, halting site. Uh, son with autism was in the car. No windows were smashed, but they did contact the guardie. We'll have to pay all of their damages, but they got the impression that the guards didn't seem hugely interested. We contacted Garda Press, and they said Gardie responded to reports of an incident on Dave McCarthy Road in Holly Hill, 6.35pm last evening. No offences were disclosed to Gardie upon arrival at the scene. No offences were disclosed to Gardie upon arrival at the scene. I have to say, I'm not 100% sure what that actually means, but... To the person who sent me the email, perhaps you might be keen to respond to that and tell me what your interpretation of no offences were disclosed to Gardaí upon the scene actually actually means. I was talking then about uh, calls regarding and texts regarding parking. And while we only had six, uh, let me see, 516 litter fines for the first 10 months of this year, we had 42,000 parking fines issued by Cork City Council for the first 10 months of this year. And yet, I'm quite sure he has a better explanation for it than I can come up with. The independent councillor, Mick Finn, says we need super wardens. I would have thought they're doing a super job as it is with 42,000 parking fines. But anyway, text 0868104106. Back to the phone lines we go. Catherine, good morning. 
morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. And we've been talking a lot about Ozempic and I have huge amounts of texts on it, which I will come back to uh, throughout the course of the morning. But tell me your own story. And, and I, I do respect the fact that your own weight is your own personal journey. I don't need to, oh, I don't need to know it. That. Not at all. Not Thank at all. It's, per, it's personal to you. Not at all. Don't worry. You have yeah. to divulge that. But do tell it's us. A your, that's a grand girl. I understand it. Don't feel bad about it. But do tell us your story. Well, I'm on actual, uh, a thing called actual Saxenda. Saxenda. Saxenda, yeah. Now, I was, um, I live with chronic pain and, um, you know, it's, it's just a thing that developed throughout the years and I'm now in a wheelchair and I've, I literally lost everything. Um, as in confidence, I, you know, I was always full of confidence. I lost lifetime friends I, I I lost you know I, I wasn't I'm bed bound really? or either in the wheelchair living with chronic pain yeah okay so and is the chronic you know, pain as a result of weight gain or is the weight gain a result no, of chronic pain no the, the weight gain is a result of chronic pain it well it, it, I was I, years and years ago I had even gone to um Oh God, I can't even think of the name where I lo- where I was losing weight, okay. and I actually okay. hit my goal weight. Weight loss program, no okay. better. Yeah. Yes, and um, you know, so even when I was at my lowest weight, the pain continued to um, increase, and I've had many operations, many procedures. Um, I'm actually going to the doctor now after I'm speaking with you. Because um, I had a procedure there um, okay. last week, and, um, and because anyway. of because of the fact that you're in the wheelchair and you're bed bound yeah. a lot of the time and housebound, you you've lost yeah. contact with people. Well, yeah, they've lost contact with me. I'll put it that way. You know the way you know when you're not wanted anymore. You know, I was I suppose the class clown in the group, and you know, um, I wasn't able to meet up with them, even though we'd be in contact constantly. But um, I just felt I was more of a hindrance to them than you got that distinct impression anymore, what, you know? why because of the chair oh, yeah. is it or because of um, your health issues I wasn't able to meet up you know I was, I'd be in too much pain to meet up and things like that I kind of don't want to go into it too much All right, girl. Okay. So, you know okay. I, so I anyway you okay so you, you, you did is, is Sakenda like um, a jab it is it's, it's a pain and what it does is you start now I was given it with in 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 with in the doctors, so every two weeks, I go to the doctor, and I get well could be a nurse. I get my bloods taken every two weeks. They check everything every two weeks. So I'm being so well looked after with this um, Saxenda. Saxenda is the correct pronunciation. Saxenda. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and what happens is is at the beginning you start on. 0.6 milligrams and you take that then for a week I started on the Monday and we'll say the next Monday then um, I went down to 2.4 milligrams and then I'll just pick it up there now so no, grand. I'm just looking at it here Saxenda oh, is um, yeah. actually they're saying due to high demand Saxenda is temporarily it's out of stock for new and existing patients my god yeah so Saxenda is going I through have, the same issues as Ozempic. They just can't get enough yeah, of it. It's it's impossible to get. But I've been very lucky, Tipwood. But um, I'll be due a prescription in the next few weeks. So I'm What happens for an existing patient who is on 
the, say, Saxenda or the Ozempic um, regime and they're halfway through yeah. it or a third of the way through it and there's no more. Yeah. They, like, do they just have to stop I, then? I don't know. I'm praying to God that but with my luck, that's what would happen. But so far, so good. Um, so what started I, out as type 2 diabetes treatment has become life-changing weight loss and they can't cope with the demand. I think that's what it is because, um, like me, there are many people, I'm sure, I've had to go on it because, obviously, with, with being bed-bound or in a wheelchair, um, I have no way of losing weight unless I starve myself. Okay. And have you, you know, been losing it? Um, well, back in 2015 was the last time I had an operation. I was at my highest weight then. And I even spoke to the consultant saying, am I, am I you know, like, am I at a weight that could be dangerous? Because I knew I was. And he said, no problem at all. And he put um, a spinal simulator into my back. And it didn't work, unfortunately. Um, so when I went back to him that Christmas of 2015, which was November, early December, and... Um, because it hadn't come back, it was supposed to come out. But um, all right, okay, okay, that's it that, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so anyway, D- that's a I difficult. Tried. That's a, that's a difficult journey for you. But if, if I could stay yeah. with stay with um, how you the proceeded with the Sixenda yeah. from when you started, right? Um, I eventually got I this this year got a new consultant, and um, I knew. He, he said the first thing that has to happen is a box has to come out. It has leads and it's you know, going towards nerds and stuff. But um, I was um, at a weight that was um, dangerous to put me under an anaesthetic. And now I had lost weight myself very, very slowly. Um, from 2015, I had lost about um, three to five stone maybe. But, you know, it was practically impossible to do. You'd have to start with it. But when, when you started the jab, though, did you see? Oh, I, oh listen, um, I started the beginning, in the middle of August. And I, when, when I took it first, I have to say, it, following, because my husband noticed the... Um, how how it was working better than me, you know, as in I'd take it on the Monday and on Tuesday I'd be sick and I might have some diarrhea. But on from the Wednesday on I'd be fine. Then the following week I'd up it to the next level and it would be the same thing on the Tuesday. Right. Okay. So to cut a long story long, I the the highest is you bring yourself up to three milligrams. And um, the same thing happened on the Monday and the Tuesday. But since then, I've been um, absolutely fine. I've had no side effects. And I'm still going to the doctor every two weeks, getting checked up, getting the blood taken. They're taking fantastic care. To how long are you on it? Three months. And how much have oh. you lost? I Nearly three and a half stone. And have you noticed the loss? Oh, listen to me. I can go into a shop and buy off a rack. And it's probably since ten, about 10 years since I've done And I sat in the shop and cried 
when I felt when 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 it happened. Go away! What a great achievement! Yeah. No matter how it you get there, it's a great achievement. No, I've I've got to the sex is doing the job. Probably. I know, but sure, like you are in a chair. In fairness, do you think you'll ever be yeah. out of the chair if things keep improving? Well, funnily enough, I asked the doctor that. And unfortunately, no. No, I can kind of walk around a bit, you know, but the the pain is just too much. But that's a completely different... All right, okay. Well, you know what I mean? Okay, But even, okay. like, I've gained, like, I, I may have lost the weight, but I've gained true friends. I've gained confidence. I've gained, like, you know... Um, I kind of feel an awful. I, I, I. Can Listen, we all I, need to respect yeah. people who are trapped, both physically and emotionally, yeah. carrying weight mm-hmm. or pain. I understand that. And if yeah. listen, if you if you're in a better place mentally and physically, then you know, oh, then yeah, everybody should be just delighted for you. You know, you know. Uh, and, and it's awful. People, it's awful that you know yeah. you would lose friends and and then make friends when things start to improve for you. You know they. Like, who are the true friends you got to ask yourself at the end of the day? Well, they're, they're the people who actually reached out to me when I was at my worst. And That's the true friend, they're, they're, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and they're true friends. Yeah. And um, I've learned a lot on the journey, but I have to say my confidence level has grown so much. I feel healthier, obviously, you know, um, it's it's just delighted. It, it, yeah, it, yeah I, right. I just feel so much happier in myself. Good stuff. Continue with the journey, Catherine, and I wish yeah. you all the best in the world. Thank you, uh, Catherine. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Isn't it amazing that you would mention that a Polish man bought the car in Kiri's? You mentioned his nationality. It's mentioned in the news. But I wonder if it had been a member of another community or the travelling community buying a car. Would the headline be a member of the travelling community buys a car? This is never mentioned or anything to do with the travelling community in the news outlets anymore. Why are you all so afraid? Please be brave. Don't be afraid. Report the news as it is news. Thank you for that. Uh, I was driving up by the Wilton Shopping Centre last Wednesday. I'm not from the area, so I'm not sure the name of the road, but traffic was pretty heavy and I heard a loud revving coming from behind. With that, a black BMW came speeding past, weaving in and out of traffic at breakneck speed. Don't know how they didn't manage to hit someone. My young kids were terrified. I rang Toker Garda Station twice, but it rang out. Some people are just crazy on the roads. They are, and, and we've seen them all. We see them, you know, anytime, particularly if you're doing any bit of weekend driving, you're, you know, not just stop-start driving, any kind of lengthy driving. You see all sorts of people with ridiculous driving habits. I uh, was asking why they took the spare tyres out of cars. What you're obliged to do now is if you get a flat tyre or anything, your car breaks down, say if it's a flat tyre or a blowout, you've you got to call a tow truck. And the tow truck then is paid by your insurance company to bring you from A to B. But like in the old days, you had a spare wheel in the back and you just jacked up the car and changed the wheel. Neil, there are no spare tyres anymore because the Green Party says it burns more fuel and weight on the car and you might not get that extra five kilometres to the next charging point because of the weight of the rim and the tyre and the valve, I suppose. That's why new cars don't have spare wheels. Hmm. Blame the Green Party. Um, I'm wondering, has it anything to do with the car manufacturers, though? Uh, I mean, like, they talk about less weight in the car because it doesn't have a spare tyre uh, and a rim. Um, and, it, you know, without it, it increases efficiency. But I think I would rather a little less efficiency 
and the comfort of having a spare tyre, wouldn't you? In the car, that is, not around my stomach. How's it going? Just in relation to your question about why cars still don't come with spare tyres, it's because there is a VRT charge on spare tyres and new cars. That's why they don't come with them. When dealers get the cars in stock, they put the spare in themselves to get around this extra VRT charge. I know loads of new cars, loads of them, all sorts of shapes and sizes, and none of them have spare tyres in the back. And then... I let the cat out of the bag here. Petrol prices. Most prices have been stable for the past few weeks, ranging from 180 to 182 for petrol. But Top Oil at the Elysian have dropped their prices to 172 for petrol and diesel. How or oh how can they do that when other garages are seven cent dearer? If you put in 50 litres, you'll save three euro fifty straight off, or fourteen euro a month, or what's that like about a hundred and what is that, 160, 180 euro a year? It's big money. You asked the question regarding the Dunn's house. Ring Mahan House is still there. And recently, a Mahan community garden has started there on the grounds of the house. I wonder, did it, was it handed over, actually? I, I don't know. There was another, maybe it was another house down there became uh, like a walk-in centre for different services, I think. Maybe not Ring Mahan House. Um, and on immigrants, come down to Red Barn and Yall and see what we have 1,000 Ukrainians and the increasing number of asylum seekers. Refugees are living rent-free and bill-free apart from a small amount needed for food. How and why are they all heading home for Christmas with goodie bags? They can stay there until, stay at home till January the 5th and their accommodation is kept for them. Y'all is dying. We only have one hotel left now for locals and tourists. I am so angry at politicians, says Kira. And just two more, and then I'll talk to Vivian. It's a disgrace that the government is now paying for Ukrainians to go home for Christmas and pause their social welfare. I get that they're here fleeing war, but I have a daughter spending her first Christmas away in Australia, and I don't see the Australian government playing, paying for her flight home. Um, and then that murderer, Pushka, had a five-bedroom council house, never worked a day in his life in this country, and decided to take an innocent life. Ashling Murphy's boyfriend's statement outside the courthouse summed it all up. Everything that's wrong with immigration in this country. Um, I don't know what to say about that because you have many, many people who immigrate or emigrate into Ireland to work and to contribute and get on with their lives. Most of them behave, some of them don't. Um, I, don't I think it's, it's probably unfair to throw everybody under... Um, you know, the bus with regards to all immigrants are bad news. That isn't the case. But you are right. Pushka does have a five-bedroom council house provided by the state. Um, he is on welfare payments, or he was before he went to jail for what he did. And he lived in the home with his wife and children. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Going to open the phone lines now, lads. We'll take three callers. Three callers. Callers 9... 10 and 11. It's your opportunity to get on the air. I will give all of you 30 seconds each. I will ask you to talk on a topic of my choosing. Could be anything. My favourite holiday overseas. Talk on it for 30 seconds without repetition, deviation, ums or as. Whoever does it best wins a deluxe hamper um, from Celtic Interiors. Sweets, chocolates, wine, aprons, bespoke handmade interior coasters uh, and chopping boards. Everything for the home. Um, eatables and usables. So we'll take callers 9, 10 and 11 on 0818 30 seconds to talk on a topic. So get calling on that one. And we'll do it just before midday. But as I say, Vivian, Vivian, good morning. 
Nothing new, you Appreciate the call, my man. Um, this is another call. So we spoke about Ozempic, we spoke about Wegovi, and now Saxenda. It's another Saxenda, job. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've tried a lot of things over the years, you know, weight, like weight watchers and Slimming World, and I got slim on the one twenty middle of Slimming World actually. Congratulations. <laughs> Yeah, did you keep Did you but, keep it off Slimmer of the month No I said No it's true What I wanted to go said earlier on there, I was like you, you'd, you'd be going for a while And then the minute you Stop, stop going You just put it all back on again oh, so, I sure I know I know I know So I know. I actually the doctor One day And then the doctor Actually recommended Asked me would I be interested In going on something like that And I said yes well, I'll definitely try it and So did it have to be Did it have to be Quite an amount of weight Gain to get on To something like this yeah, so I, I, my BMI is something like 40 or something like that. It's not, not healthy enough. That is not good for you, pal. I know, I know. So I'm trying, I, try, I, I, I try for a bit and then I, I get lazy and uh, I don't know. It's a vicious But this is what I got. I got my the first couple of pens. I, I got them in singles, actually, because even when you're supposed to buy them in about a month's a month supply, but they only could give me singles because they were, they were low in stock. And, and you're buying them yourself, are you? Because if you had type yeah. 2 diabetes, you, you'd be provided, apparently, I'm told. No, no, I was paying them away, and I, I was thinking that I could get them back into those payment cap. But like the I things, I'm not diabetic; I can't claim that back out. But I didn't mind. I just wanted to buy them out. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. And so we got it. I was walking away. I was about uh, like I was into my my second or third um, or injection, and I was down about a stone, and everything was honky dory. I, I changed my diet completely to suit the, the fact that I wasn't hungry anymore, or such. You know, and I was I was just I was my confidence was coming back a bit, and I was, I was feeling great. And, and no, I, I just can't get it. <laughs> any chemicals? Oh my god! Did you have any of the side effects at all? So small bit of nausea. That was about it. Okay. The, the odd morning, but that was, that was the only. The only. They know in the Ozempic, it says um, nausea, diarrhea, and low blood sugar. So that would be one in ten. Uh, others yeah, then one in ten. Vomiting. the same thing, I suppose. Well, I don't know. I can't equate one with the other. But say I know the Ozempic vomiting. Indigestion, um, inflamed stomach, reflux, heartburn, stomach pain, bloating, constipation, burping, gallstones, dizziness, tiredness, weight loss, less appetite, gas as in flatulence, uh, complications with other things regarding diabetes, um, uh, change in the way food and drink actually tastes, fast pulse and allergic reactions like rash, itching and hives. Now, bear in mind, any medicine you read the side effects of, it's a fairly lengthy list, so I wouldn't be reading much into that, but I'm just curious as to whether you... Any of no, I tell you, no, just, I just had, I was just a bit nauseous. My stomach, I had a small, just a bit of an upset stomach one morning, and apart from that, it was, I was just uh, delighted with the progress, you know. So, what kind of loss then? I lost a stone in about about three weeks. And how is it? How long are you on it? Uh, I was on it. I was on it for about three weeks, and now I can't, I can't get it. I'm off it now for the last two okay. weeks. Okay, so, I so can, three I weeks from start to pause, you can't get it now. Within the three weeks, you lost. A stone. It's a lot a stone, of weight. Yeah. So, were you hungry at all? No, no, no. Uh, but I was eating regular then as well. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't starving myself or anything. I was, I was eating away. And, but I, as, as I said, I changed my diet completely. Like I was only having a small, small breakfast, small lunch, and I was omelets. I was living on omelets. <laughs> <laughs> omelets, like it, with cheese and ham and chopped onion and all sorts of nice things in it. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, but, uh, plenty of vegetables, mushrooms, spring onions. Uh, okay. Small, so now you can't get it. So are you going around yeah. visiting pharmacies like one to the next or yeah. what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ringing pharmacies now, and they're all like I think they kind of know that people are with ringing that, 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 that they're not they don't have diabetes. They obviously hold a bit of stock for for diabetes, I presume, which I, I can understand. But uh, anyone looking for the, would look lose a bit of weight with us. 
I don't think they're giving it out, you know. And have you been calling and visiting, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, last week, though, I did I made a rank about 10 places. I, I've just given up now. I'm on the waiting list now in my own local chemist, and if they get in this stock, they said they'll give me a ring. Bizarre, isn't it? Mental. It's just, they just can't get it. It's, it's just it's such a demand on the worldwide. They can't get it. Yeah, and what's driving that? Um, is it the That's kind of the Hollywood stuff that was going on? Yeah. That, yeah? yeah. And then, yeah. of course, social media and the craze then... Um, well, for what, I shouldn't use the word craze because for people it's life-changing. But the attention that it got then is making it impossible to get. That's it, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, okay. Come, oh. come, come back when you do get it because I'd love to know whether you get a result or not. I will, of course. Yeah, I know. I'll definitely get a result because after three, three weeks, I was down stone. So like, it's, it definitely does work. Like. So without it now, are you starting to feel... The old habits yeah, coming I, I, I'm to, Yeah, I'm falling back into the old habits now again, the sweet cover thing. I'm going to let the sweet cover. Mm. Oh, man. Stay in touch, will you? Stay in touch, Vivian. I will, I will of course. Will Cheers, of course. my man. Take care. Text 0868104106 for that and all of the business. We'll pick it up in the morning. I'm going to get some callers lined up. 0818104106. We're taking three callers for talk on a topic 30 seconds after these Cork's biggest conversation is here the Neil Brenderville show is on Cork's Red FM alright I got my 30 second clock ready to go this isn't easy oh, I'm frightening people off don't get me wrong if you're not lucky enough today do try tomorrow we have three callers lined up talk on a topic 30 seconds on a topic of my choosing and first up is Eilish um, from Kerry Hello, but I'm... now you're from, originally from Kerry now in Tallow County Waterford lived in Cork and listened to a Cork radio station well done I'm dizzy with all that <laughs> well, and I also tune into Kerry Radio once you're finished. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't touch that dial. They've got enough people down in Kerry listening. <laughs> Stay right where you are. Stay around for Kira Evans. Okay, 30 seconds to talk on a topic of my choosing. No deviation, mm-hmm. repetition, or any of that. Ums and ahs won't do. Are you ready? I think I am, anyway. Okay, so 30 seconds. And the topic that I have chosen for you, the best day of your life. What was the best day of your life? You have 30 seconds and your clock starts now. Best day of my life was the day my daughter was born. She was born in the Ernville in Cork on the 7th of June, 1990. That was just around the start of the World Cup, Italia 90. And, of course, I was inside in a room with a load of women and they thought I was off my head because I'm a huge fanatic with the football. But I know my little girl arrived. Her name is Sherelle. And uh, if I won this... uh, Sorry. If I won this prize, she's after buying a house with her boyfriend in Watford City. Three three A's, three A's and a pause. You were flying till about 25 seconds in and then three A's and a pause. So hang in there. All is not lost. Okay. Let's see what happens, Eilish. Okay. Bear in mind now. Thank We've got you, two other people you. to get on the air before, after, after you. So you might you might yet win. We'll see. Bernadette Sheehan's in Waterford. Bernadette, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. So that's what you got to be to win yourself a deluxe hamper from Celtic Interiors. Uh, she had three ums and ahs and a pause. So your chosen topic, right? 30 seconds on your chosen topic. And it is your pet peeve. What drives you crazy? Your pet peeve and your 30 seconds starts now. I think my pet peeve would have to be lack of empathy, lack of sympathy for people. I mean, our lives are hard enough. Everyone, every day of our lives have ups and downs. And all we need is people to show love, show a little bit of empathy towards somebody, help them out if they're in need. 
and just even a smile in the morning to say good morning would cheer somebody up it's so simple to do really and yet it means so much it might be somebody that's lonely somebody who has good 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 I, I got one pause there there may have been a slightly pregnant second but there was definitely one kind of hesitation um, but better than Eilish for sure and I was only beginning <laughs> you were only getting so you were only getting your stride okay so just hold on there Bernard I want to see how Mary Cummins gets on so you'll be a hard act to beat Mary Cummins and Crosshaven Mary good morning good morning how do you feel alright after two competitors before you I'm grand I'm just getting worried now <laughs> That's a good start anyway, getting worried before you start. So, 30 seconds to talk on a topic of my choosing. No ums, as deviation or repetition. Are you ready? I am. Okay, your clock will start as soon as I tell you. So, I want you to give me 30 seconds on why Cork is class. Why Cork is a class place. Your clock starts now. Well, I love going to Cork. We always went in every year, every Christmas, but now at the moment we're afraid to get in. And anyway, my friend is in the wheelchair, so we can't get in. So we end up and we stay around Crosshaven, have a good time, and that was no problem. So when we're going to Cork again, we might be 150 years old, but we're looking forward to it. <laughs> so, thank God, am I? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I don't know whether you love it or hate it, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> I know, but Cork boys. And maybe we'll, we'll get on with it. <laughs> but at least you love Crosshaven anyway, in fairness. Oh, I do, yeah. All right. Good luck. Okay, Thank good you. Good luck. Good luck. Is that the easiest thing in the world? Bernadette! <laughs> Hi. Well done. Well done. I'm going to give it to you because in spite of the fact that you had one pause, you were slightly better than Eilish. Uh, and fair play to Mary, who loves Crosshaven. So, well done. I got for you a deluxe hamper, sweets, chocolates, wine, aprons, bespoke, handmade, Celtic interior, coasters and chopping boards. You're all set for the Christmas table, all right? Yummy, yummy, yummy. <laughs> I got love in Thanks my tummy. Million, <laughs> all the Thank best. You so much. Take Thank care, you. take care. Bye. Well done. Thanks. Play again in the morning. If you weren't lucky enough to get through this morning, we'll do it again tomorrow morning. 30 seconds on um, a topic of my choosing. All right, so that's courtesy of ourselves in Celtic Interiors. All other business, keep those calls coming. Pick up the phone 0818104106. Text 086 Six eight one zero four one zero six. Have a good day, and I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.